1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. If you've forgotten the difference between watching a movie and experiencing one, you need to visit Marcus Theaters. Start by visiting MarcusTheaters.com. It is time to talk music with the rabbi of rock, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you? I am well. So let me get this straight. You guys were down in the tropics yes. last week, right? Kind of relaxing. Still had to do the show mm-hmm. and all that. And these jokers had to take a vacation. <laughs> it's a tough job, Gary. But someone's got to do it. I did see the Facebook posts, and it looked a little strenuous at times. Oh, yeah. We were but, doing the heavy lifting down there. But, but it's uh, like, come on. We made it through <laughs> somehow. Right. Well, the A-team is here today. That's right. And there is plenty of music news There's to discuss, lot. right? Pardon? A lot of stuff came down even overnight, right? Even overnight. I mean, we, you know, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, as we know, some of some of the lazy guys who are on vacation today are uh, Taylor Swift dropped four, count them, four new songs on us in advance of the beginning of her world tour, which starts tonight in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, two of the songs are re-records from from a soundtrack to The Hunger Games that she did. One is a brand new song. It's called All of the Girls You Loved Before. And another is another re-record. So, you know, you get Taylor Live, you get new Taylor songs. Yeah, she keeps giving it to us. And uh, just for the record, we took Swift Airline down to the Dominican Republic. There you go. I don't think she owns it, but... Hopefully you didn't see Red. (laughs) See what I I did there? Yes. Um, Excellent. Uh, Another big story that came down, uh, some rumors now about who's going to be playing drums for the Foo Fighters. According to a source, it looks like it's going to be primarily Matt Cameron, who's also in Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Yeah. So he's, he's doing, you know, and, and he was, he's, he's always been, he was tight with Taylor, has always been tight with Dave Grohl because, of course, you know, Matt was part of that Seattle, same Seattle scene that Dave Grohl came out of in Nirvana. So they're saying it's primarily going to be Matt, but also um, Adam, Adam Willard, Who's with the band, who was with the band Angels and Airways, is going to be kind of, he'll be there for the gigs that Matt can't do. Okay. And Why can't so, Matt? Just because he's with the uh, well, Soundgarden. Well, and... Soundgarden doesn't play anymore, but Pearl Jam will do a, a handful of dates. And sure. Matt is, Matt's also in demand as a, uh, you know, as a session guy. Okay. So, but uh, that's a great addition. I mean, I, I think they, oh, yeah. you know, he, makes, he'll fit makes, in it, perfect. It, it, may, it makes complete sense. He's not as unhinged. As Taylor was, he's a little more controlled, and he doesn't do the singing and all that, right? The... He does sing, so I don't know if we're going to get him doing Queen songs or not. He's not the same kind of personality, so so I'd, I'd be a little surprised. But you never rule anything out either, right? Uh, looks like Ozzy Osbourne is not taking retirement quietly. We now have even more rumors and reports that he really wants to go on stage and do some shows, even if he has to be in a wheelchair. Apparently, he's taken some inspiration from, like what Dave Grohl and Axl Rose did when they had their leg injuries and they sang from Thrones, and also what Phil Collins did on the last Genesis tour and his solo tours. Uh, Ozzy feels like, okay, I can be up there and sing, and there's a danger that he'll move around a little, and he has a lot of trouble with his balance and his footing after all these spinal surgeries and everything he's had, but uh, Source says he's adamant about getting himself back up there and on stage. So, Oh, man. I think that know. would be uh, that'd be kind of sad to watch. I, You know, I think so, too. I mean, I think, you know, it, 
it was kind of shocking when Phil Collins did it, when you first see Phil Collins, but his singing was so good that you that you bought into it almost immediately. Uh, let's face it, Ozzy's singing isn't so good. Right. I mean, you're there to see you're there to see a package when it comes to Ozzy. So I, I don't know. I, I I agree that it would look a little sad, mm-hmm. but we'll see where it goes. Um, I remember back around Grammy times, we were uh, laughing about Ben Affleck. Yeah, he looked like he didn't un- want to be there. How unhappy he looked. He looked like he was at his wife's work Christmas party or something. And so he's made some comments uh, recently. He did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter this past week where he said, he basically said, yeah, I was at my wife's office party, but that he wasn't <laughs> unhappy and he was having a good time. He said that image that was captured was when the film crew came over and Trevor Noah was walking over and, you know, Ben could tell he was framing, they were framing them and getting them ready for a shot that he wasn't happy about. And he leaned over to J-Lo and said, listen, I'm going to, you know, as soon as they start rolling, I'm going to slide away, you know, and, and you, you just handle it with Taylor. And she apparently looks at him and went, you better effing not leave. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think he should just embrace this because I, I think uh, people relate to him with that, uh, you know, being miserable in that kind of situation. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, who hasn't who hasn't been placed in that? But, you know, he basically said, yeah, it was one of those husband and wife things. And, you know, it was her scene more than his. But he said, said he had a really good time. Oh, good. Yeah. I, how could you not with that Stevie Wonder yeah, exactly. Performance. Exactly. And so many other things uh, yeah. that, were, that were part of the show. So, you know, but it was nice. It was interesting to hear him come out and talk about it. Interestingly, right after the, after the Oscars, which was more his scene. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, uh, we may get a Live Aid-style benefit concert in support of Ukraine. Uh, it's looking like June 24th in London. Apparently, they're approaching all... All the biggest acts, U2, the Rolling Stones, McCartney, uh, a lot of Brit- you know Adele, a lot of the very British-centric acts, Florence and the Machines, Noel Gallagher, it's Pink and the Killers from the U.S. These aren't locked in. They've just been invited. You might see David Gilmour and Nick Mason do a Pink Floyd something, since they did a song with some Ukrainian musicians. That'd be so, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that transpires. Uh, Rolling Stones are being sued. Uh, there was there's a songwriter named Sergio Garcia who claims that living in a ghost town that was the one-off single they put out in 2020 was actually based on two songs that he wrote under the name Angel Slang. Uh, those songs were called So Sorry and Seed of God, and he he says he has irrefutable proof that he sent demos of those songs to an intimate of the Rolling Stones, and the receipt was acknowledged via an email that said, Yeah, these sounds you know, really like Rolling Stone songs, and I'm going to show them to the band. So we'll, you know, this is going to, well, it'll go into all the pre-trial machinations, and we'll see if it actually goes to trial. Well, deep pockets there if he can get into them. Yeah, if he can, and if it's true. Yeah. Uh, we had a, we had another Ticketmaster, you know what show this uh, this week with uh, the Cure tickets going on sale. Uh, the Cure came out in front saying we are taking heroic measures in terms of pricing, in terms of making ticket, tra- you know, you won't be able to transfer tickets and using that verified fan system to make sure its fans get their tickets at a reasonable price. Well, lo and behold, that blew up in their face too, primarily because 
fans who were buying, especially the cheaper tickets, if they're in amphitheaters, the ones that are on the lawn, the ticket fees were more expensive than the tickets themselves. <laughs> oh, God. So, you wow. know, and Robert Smith himself, the front man, was just up completely up in arms about this. I mean, railing to the high heavens, but but also walking the walk. Um, he negotiated with Ticketmaster some refunds for people for the less expensive tickets. It's a $10 uh, refund for all other levels. It'll be $5 refund. Not a lot, but something. And and a first, you know, really a first step that an artist stepping out and taking even greater control of their ticketing. Yeah. You know, he, he claimed when he was writing about it, he said, you know, we really, as artists, we don't have a lot of control. We don't have any control over the fees. You know, we do over our own pricing, uh, but not over the fees. So, you know, he felt he felt ambushed and blindsided, but said something and did something about it. Uh, you know, we're we're gonna a lot more shoes are gonna drop. Yeah, so maybe this is just a start. Thing. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it was nice to have somebody pop up and and uh, you know and make something happen. Mm-hmm. Another another big controversy this week. There was a journalist uh, in Britain. Uh, let, Lachlan Marquet, I believe it's pronounced, who posted a tweet about how great the, would the White Stripes be if they did it, if they had a real drummer. Ouch! A deep, half decent drummer. He called it. Yeah, taking on taking on Meg White. Who? Listen, she was she was no Carl Palmer or Neil Peart, but she was the right drummer for the White Stripes. Yeah, that's, we're not looking for Neil Peart in that band. Right, and that's that'd be ridiculous. Jack, that's what Jack White built that concept on was her her very minimalism, minimal, minimalist, limited drumming. And that's what made the White Stripes the White Stripes. So he got this journalist, this guy who posted that message, got a lot of slapback, uh, you know, from fans and professionals alive. Questlove uh, weighed in. Jack White, you know, weighed in as well with a poem. Um, but, you know, the basic, they basically said F you. But right. it, said it, it said it nicely. <laughs> so the guy took the tweet down pretty quickly and then posted another tweet apologizing and saying, you know, let's face it, it was just truly awful in every way, petty, obnoxious, just plain wrong. Um, <laughs> of all the people to attack, why why Meg well, White? Yeah, somebody who hasn't done anything in 13 years. <laughs> right. I mean, what was, the, what was the point of that? <laughs> and, you know, yeah, who, knows what, who, who knows what those songs would sound like with a more accomplished drummer, but they sure wouldn't have sounded like the White Stripes songs. Exactly. So that kind of flamed up it flamed up and flamed out uh-huh. in, a, in a hurry. As but it should. It, it was interesting to watch. Uh, we're not going to have any trouble getting our Metallica vinyl anymore. They, because demand for Metallica vinyl with all these box sets they've been doing and anniversary reissues, the band does a tremendous business in vinyl. So to make sure that the flow of vinyl uh, kept going, they bought a vinyl pressing plant. They bought Furnace Record Pressing in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, it's one of the largest vinyl pressing plants in the country. It has 14 presses. And, you know, they'll do other business through Furnace as well, but it is, they bought it primarily to make sure that any Metallica vinyl project is, is at the head of the class. I bet you vinyl pressing plants are going for a premium right now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if, you know in fact, Jack White, who's one of the patron saints, of vinyl now and opened his own pressing plant here in Detroit. He had he had done an open virtual you know video letter 
to the music industry saying, we got to open more vinyl plants. The demand is there. We need it. You know, last year uh, was the was the first. What was it? It was the first time vinyl outsold CD in 35 years. Wow. Yeah, we need more uh, microchip plants and vinyl plants. And vinyl plants. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to need more CD plants too because they're going to they're getting ready to bring the CD back. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know, the cassette, the return of the cassette has failed miserably. <laughs> are we are we going to try the eight track too or? You know, I think somebody would like to cheap trick did that a couple of years ago. Seriously, with one of their albums. Yeah, they put one of their albums out on eight track. <laughs> Who has an eight track player anymore? You know, there you go to some garage sales now and there, and they're coming out. Wow. Yep. Uh, Leonard Skinner back on the road. They uh, they played their first show a week after Gary Rossington passed away down in Plant City, Florida. They kept the the whole thing kind of low key. They waited till the twelfth song of the set when they were playing Simple Man, which is one of Gary Rossington's signature songs. And Damon Johnson has been in the band for a, for a while. He, he was with Tim Lizzy and Brother Kane. And so just uh, while they're playing the song, Johnny Van Zandt said, you know, Damon Johnson playing it pretty for Mr. Gary Rossington up in rock and roll heaven. Cool. So they didn't do anything maudlin or over the top. I'm sure they will. I'm sure there will be some sort of tribute you know, for Gary Rossington down the line. But, you know, Skinner's a working band, and the question becomes is, will they continue? It was always felt that when Gary Rossington wasn't around, the band would, would not continue. But you know what? They still do good business. There's still demand to hear the music. You know, and, and in the case of Johnny Van Zandt, here's a guy who's been around for 35 years now mm-hmm. and is related by blood. Uh, right. Ricky, Ricky Medlock, who's their main guitarist, was actually one of the original drummers in Leonard Skinner. Oh, yeah? So there are ties to Skinner history that may make it palatable for the band to continue. But, you know, and maybe even record new material, because that's one thing. Skinner hasn't done it for a while, but, but they had been recording new material. I think, you know... <laughs> Skinner fans, if they're out there playing Sweet Home Alabama, they're they're going to be there. Exactly. And like I say, it, it is key that they have ties when you compare it to something like, not to bag on them, but you compare it to something like Foreigner, where there's nobody who has any tie to the glory days of the band, unless Nick Jones makes an appearance. Right. So that's a different situation. You know, Sticks even. You still have James Young and you still have Tommy Shaw in that band. So that makes sense. And so Skinner between Johnny Van Zandt and Ricky Medlock, you know, might make some sense for them to continue working. Mm-hmm. That remains to be seen. We did have some other deaths in the music world, as we're going to be having every week, I'm afraid. Uh, controversial, though, Jim Gordon, who was best known as the drummer in Derek and the Dominoes, and has been in jail uh, since murdering his mother. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in the, in the, uh, in the 80s. Uh, you know, he, pa- he passed away at the age of 77. Very accomplished drummer. Um, you know, he played in Joe Cocker's Mad Dogs and Englishman. He was part of the Wrecking Crew. Played with Tom Petty, Traffic, Jackson Brown. Wow. You know, Cher, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah, and then, but in 83, and he, he had this lifelong struggle with schizophrenia and other mental illness. 1983, he murdered his mother and was sentenced to 16 years to life and was denied parole on multiple occasions. Very sad story. Yeah, writer buddy of mine, Writer buddy of mine, Joel Selvin, just finished an autobiography, not an autobiography, 
biography of Jim Gordon that, really? uh, that I'm excited to read. Yeah, that would then, be a good one. Yeah, and Bobby Caldwell, who, uh, you know, uh, white, white R&B singer, best known for uh, what you do, what you won't do for love back in 1978. He passed away at the age of 71. Uh, no, you know, no cause of death given. But like I say, this is going to be, uh, I'm afraid, every week. Yeah, we're going to have something like that. It's getting to be around that time, you know that that those the years are getting behind them. Well, yeah, and, and you know as we've noted before, these are they're dying real old people deaths, not rock star deaths. Right. Yeah. You know that, that's what's going to happen. And finally, uh, Brian May, a queen, was actually knighted by Prince Charles this week at Buckingham Palace. It had been announced at the end of the year, and then you know the schedule's finally a lot. Uh, a line, so you know he got on his knee and he got tapped by the sword, and now now it's Sir Brian May. A queen is a doctor, knight, Sir Doctor Brian May. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's a astrophysicist, right? Yeah, yeah. So he is. Uh, it's yet another thing, and I, I hope they give Roger Taylor the drummer a knighthood one day too. He, you know, he deserves it. And how's Rick Allen doing after being assaulted? Yeah, that was something. So you know, Motley Crue's in Florida. Uh, doing a show, he steps outside the hotel to have a cigarette, and this 19-year-old just, you know, bum rushes him, knocks him to the ground. It's has just said it hit his head. You know, he hit his head on the ground, which caused injury. They haven't been more specific than that. Then apparently a woman ran out of the hotel to help him. The guy assaulted her too, and uh, so police, police, you know, found him. He was uh, in a nearby parking garage vandalizing cars. What's up so, with that? Was he on I, drugs? or? He, you know, they haven't said yet, but he must have been. Maybe. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe just a bad apple. But he's been charged with two counts of battery, four counts of criminal mischief, and abusing an elderly or disabled adult. I just see that's right there. Which we I think were just talking about. I don't think that was Rick Allen. Oh, okay. I hate to hear of our uh, rock drummers referred to in that fashion. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, hopefully he'll recover and be ready for their next dates, but wow, you know, not the kind of thing you expect to happen. Not at all. And probably random, I bet this, you know, when you look at what happened, I bet this kid didn't know who he was knocking over. Probably not. I just wish there would have been a a big Def Leppard security guy out there to yeah, take well, care of him. I bet there will be from here on out, just, you know, yeah. not, not to, uh, you know, you can't be too careful. Right. All right, Gary. Good. All right. Good Great. job. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Glad you're back safely. Thank you. And uh, we will talk next week. All right, man. The good guys luck, will be good luck back. with your bracket. <laughs> yeah, you too. Okay, thanks. Gary Graff, our music expert. It-